0: Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Good morning, family. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time with us, we just want to welcome you. We have been making our way through the book of Haggai and you might think, well, it's only like two chapters long. Are you guys slow? No, there's just a lot of good stuff in there. So this is week three. If you missed the last couple weeks, I'd encourage you to go back. Um, You can go on our YouTube channel and you can uh, see the messages that Pastor Craig has already done on Haggai. So just for those that are maybe joining us today, basically the people of God were in uh, captivity in Babylon for like 70 years. Finally, the day came. Finally, they were released, they were able to go home, those who wanted to go home, and they had gone back and they were trying to build their homes. It actually says that they had been working at it for 16 years. That's not insignificant. They've been working at trying to reestablish their homes, their livelihoods, and nothing was succeeding. And we get a little window into it here in Haggai uh, chapter one, verses seven to nine. You've heard it the last couple of weeks. This is what the Lord Almighty says Give careful thought to your ways. And that has been our prayer over the last couple of weeks that each one of us would give careful thought to our ways. You go up into the mountains and you bring down timber and you build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, and this is the key, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while you each take and busy yourself with your own house. Give careful thought to our ways. Basically, the Lord is speaking through the prophet and reminding them that their perspective has been wrong. Their priorities have not been God's priorities, that things are out of order and he wants us to reorient our lives around God. And this was a message to, Haggai's, to through Haggai to the people of God in that time. And I believe it is a message of God for each and every one of us now. We need to reorient our lives around what God would say. Now, before I get too, too far ahead, I need to ask you a very serious question. It's really quiet in here. Okay, is everybody listening? You're looking at me, making eye contact. Very serious question. Do you see yourself more as an ostrich or a coyote? <laughs> The hunter in the room says a coyote. Okay, no, I'm serious. I don't want you to tell anybody your answer. I want you to think about it and just hold that thought. Okay, ostrich, coyote. You're like, what do these have to do with Haggai? We're gonna get there, I promise. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity for us to gather together today as family and to hear your word. Lord, would you open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to all that you are saying to us as individuals in the mighty name of Jesus. Have you ever gotten mixed up when you're going somewhere? Traveling along, you think you know where you're going and then you're like, shoot, I should have put this into the GPS because I actually don't know where I'm going right now. I was recently in Denver and I was talking with the car rental guy and he was quite a bit younger than me. I know that's not difficult these days. And anyways, um, he, we were, ended up talking about maps and the difference between maps and a GPS system. Who in the room remembers like map books? Okay. Some of my people are here, I'm so glad. Like you, if you were the co-pilot, it was stressful because you might think I'm going and I'm following the map and then the next directions are gonna be on page two. Oh no, 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 no. It could be page 44. And if you're the navigator and you go to page 42 and it's supposed to be page 44, you are lost. And you know what, sometimes GPS does that to you too. It's not infallible, but it was stressful guys. It was a real thing. But the thing about maps and navigating, whether it's a GPS system or a paper map, there's one constant that is also applicable to our lives. No matter how far you've gone in the wrong direction, you can always turn around. No matter how much the GPS is telling you that if you wanna get to Starbucks, it's over here, but then it keeps telling you to recalculate You can keep going the wrong way, and it can keep recalculating, but if you really want the Starbucks, you might just wanna turn around. So let's look at this passage in Haggai today. We're actually uh, in chapter two, verses 11 to 19, because when we've been going the wrong direction, it's never too late. And the children of God have been going the wrong direction, doing the wrong things, but it wasn't too late. You still thinking about it? Are you a coyote or an ostrich? Coyote? You guys are like, she's lost her marbles. It's okay. Okay, Haggai, chapter two, verses 11 to 19. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priests what the law says. If someone carries consecrated meat in the fold of their garment, I don't know why they would do that, but okay. So if if they carry the consecrated meat and that fold touches some bread or stew or wine, olive oil or other food, does it become consecrated? The priest answered, well, no, of course not. Then Haggai said, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body, so this is, we're talking about the law of Moses here. Um, if, a, if a person is defiled by touching a dead body, everything he touches, does it become defiled? Well, yes, the priest replied, it becomes defiled. Then Haggai said, so it is with this people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer is defiled. So we're finally getting to kind of why this is happening. These 16 years have been wasted. Now give careful thought to this from this day. Someone say this day. From this day on, consider how things were done before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. I'm just gonna add this here, before, When anyone came to to a heap of 20 measures, there was actually only 10. Before anyone went to a vat of wine for 50 measures, there were actually only 20. Before I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. From this day, someone say this day, From this day on, from this 20, he's being specific so that they will remember it. It'll be marked in their minds. From this 24th day on the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree, they have not borne fruit. From this day... Come on, one more time. From this day on, I will bless you. So something shifted, something changed there. Before they had gone looking for 20 and they only got 10. Then they were looking for 50 measures and the 50 had become 20. Guys, this is not good math. Things are going the wrong way before provision had been destroyed disease mold hail before there had been inflation challenge hunger pressure does this not sound like today before they were oppressed by the enemy in every area but there is another phrase repeated a few times and every it's just it's so encouraging from this day on i will bless you Who wants to live a blessed life? God doesn't say eventually. You know, eventually when you've got all your ducks in a row and you've done all your things. He says, from this day, I will bless you. When they began to reorient their lives around God from this day, when they began, everything began to change. And you know what? Big changes actually just start with a small step. Some of us wanna dive in and do like the big change. It's, it's, It's gonna, I remember I did this one time, I was like, I'm gonna redecorate my bedroom in one day. Well, Craig came home and it was a mess because that was a big project to do in one day. But big change can actually happen with small steps. A massive tree is started from an incredibly small seed. Think of that six foot four man that was once a baby inside that five foot two woman. God was promising them that as they began to reorient their lives around God, that things would begin to change for them. You know, everything in our lives can change in a moment, but unfortunately we're only often quick to recognize that in the negative sense. You know, we look back with regrets on decisions that we've made and choices that we, probably shouldn't have done and those moments in our life that we wish we could take back because we recognize the power of that moment. But Haggai is calling us today to remember, what if today is this day? What if today we could actually look at our future with hope? hope and belief that things could change for the positive in a moment, that we could get some forward momentum in a moment with one step, that getting back on track is accessible to each and every one of us, that addiction can be broken in a moment, family, that marriages can be restored, that provision can be released. I would have said amen, because I know there are many in this congregation right now that that's your testimony. You've seen God break addiction in your life you've seen him break the curses of generations over your family you've seen God restore marriages and there is hope if God did it for you he can do it for others so family why can we not believe that today could be this day for us every one of us whether you're a student a man a woman every child needs a this day moment so are you an ostrich Or are you a coyote? I'm not there yet, hang on. So before we get into this any deeper, we also have to recognize those first few verses that we were reading in Haggai. Talks a lot about being defiled and consecrated. We don't use those words today and what do they even mean? If we wanna know what that this day moment can hold, we have to look back at what he's talking about just before. So verse 14 kind of clears it up for us. They have been trying to rebuild their homes and their lives, but whatever they do is defiled. So for the children of Israel, what God was saying is that their human effort hadn't been enough. They were working in their own strength, on their own agenda, and they were trying in their own effort to make things right, but it wasn't working. Basically, when we're talking about the the defiled and the consecrated, What God God was saying through Haggai is that holiness is not contagious, but impurity is, okay? He started out with the impure, can the impure? So it's kind of like this, a sick child cannot catch health from a healthy child. But let me hear from all the parents. A healthy child can catch a sickness from that one sick child in their class. Hello every September when we all go back to school. Holiness is not contagious, but impurity is. And even holiness, that's not a word that we use often these days, but it means to be set apart from all that is sinful and imperfect. This description of character is not merely about the absence of evil, but it also includes the fullness of all that is good. In Matthew chapter 5, it says, since God is holy, anyone who wants to dwell in his presence must also be holy. God uses himself as the standard for that moral perfection. And we are only made holy through Jesus. Romans 5, 9 says, for just as through the disobedience of one man, Adam, the many were made sinners, Also, through the obedience, so through the disobedience of the one, but also through the obedience of the one Jesus, the many will be made righteous. So, if we can be made holy through Jesus, how are our lives changed? There's the moment of salvation, but then there's a walking out of being made new of walking out the reality of our sinful nature and our flesh. Ephesians 4, chapter 21 to 24 puts it this way. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust, deception, Ang- you give anger, you can fill in the blank there. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And when it says throw off here, it doesn't mean just to you know casually take it off and just kind of drop it by the side. The words throw off there actually mean like aggressively, get it off, throw it as far away from you as you can. Aggressively throw off that old nature. Don't ignore the signs, don't miss the warnings, be aggressive and face reality. And I know many of you here today are doing that so bravely. You're facing the reality of choices that you've made that you're not proud of, things that you've done, and you're taking the brave steps, but be aggressive with the sins that so easily ensnare us. If we're living disobedient lives and living with undealt with sin, there's gonna be consequences. And I'm not saying that in a threat way at all. It's the truth of, the, of how God's kingdom works. And you know, when we talked about you can't catch health from a healthy kid, it's the same thing. We don't just become healthy because we hang around healthy people or because we hang around a healthy church or a positive place. It might help, but it's not enough. We must aggressively deal with our old ways. With the strength, and this is the key, with the strength and the power of Jesus, That's the only way, it's only with His help and His strength that we can aggressively throw off and deal with sin before sin deals with us. You might be thinking, well, Shanda, you're getting so excited. I didn't murder anyone on the way to church this morning. And I didn't rob a bank, last I checked, I'm still dealing with the inflation. And I didn't swear at the guy that cut me off, well, maybe at least not out loud, So basically this isn't a message for me and I'm just gonna, you know, pull out my phone and uh, check to see how my fantasy team is doing. But you know what? Whether you've been saved for 30 minutes or 30 years, we are all on a journey of repentance and walking into wholeness with God. And let's not discount that we were perhaps maybe sinfully angry with our spouse this morning because they weren't getting ready as fast as we were. Or perhaps it was your children this morning. Or kids, maybe you were getting angry at your parents this morning. And you know what? Let's not forget the things that nobody sees. How's your thought life? What are you watching when no one else is around? Are you dabbling in horoscopes and things that seem rather innocent in the moment? See, we don't often realize the impact that sin and disobedience has on our lives. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, in your anger, do not sin. Do do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Please don't grab a hold of the middle part of that and just forget about everything else. Craig and I tried doing that. We tried not letting the sun go down while we were still angry. Can I tell you that was not good advice for us. Because when I get tired, I get irrational. And okay, <laughs> that didn't have to be quite so loud An amen, my husband. But we recognized for us that we needed to like, give a little bit of space and then deal with it. The part I want you to grab a hold of is in your anger, it doesn't say the anger, anger, anger is sin, it says do not sin. And the last part of it, do not give the devil a foothold. So in talking about sin, you see, because with the enemy, if he can get a foothold, which basically just means that little opening, you know what, maybe it's not that big of a sin, not that big of a deal or whatever. And we think we can play around with things and we can, you know what, we're gonna be okay because we still know we're saved and we love Jesus and you are, but we think we can open the door a little bit and just access, uh, block the enemy's access. But he doesn't play fair family. He doesn't play fair, and if we give him a foothold and we don't deal with that foothold, it eventually is gonna become a stronghold. Now a foothold, you might be able to get rid of quite easily, but a stronghold, that's gonna be a little bit harder. And you know what? And I'm not trying to put fear in your hearts, but I hope I'm inspiring you that this morning to aggressively deal with things that would hinder you and hinder each and every one of us. I've had to go through this message this week, but if you don't deal with the stronghold, it becomes a stranglehold. And then that's gonna mean bringing other people in to help you to get rid of that because the enemy doesn't play fair. He comes to steal, to kill and to destroy, end of story. So have we perhaps given way for the enemy to have a foothold in our life unintentionally, not even realizing it? Perhaps it's stubbornness. Perhaps it's anger. Perhaps it's fear. I don't know what it might be for you, but don't give the enemy access to any area of your life. Well, Pastor Shanda, you know, it's not like I'm really doing bad with the big things. Like I don't lose my temper often. It's just sometimes. And you know what, for you, if that was something that you struggle with and you're working on it and it's only occasionally now, then that is awesome. You're aggressively going after it. But some of us, we just write it off and say, well, I just lost my cold. It was, it was just a one-off, it wasn't a big deal. And you know what, Shanna, I only judge the people that actually really need to be judged, in my opinion. And you know what, I don't drink too much unless like it's really chaotic. And we all have different definitions of that, right? And you know, gossip, why is that even considered a sin? I don't gossip, you know, but there's sometimes when I'm sharing those prayer requests, I need to give the whole background of the story. Shanda, don't you know that watching porn is actually just normal, that everybody does it? Like get with the times. You wouldn't forgive him either if you knew what they'd done. I don't have time to seek the Lord. Shanda, the Lord knows my schedule. I am busy at work for him. And you know, I would be more generous, but inflation. Unfortunately, undealt with sin and disobedience will impact every area of your life. So what is your response to the things that have been done by you and the things that have been done to you? Are you the coyote? You thought I forgot, didn't you? Or are you the ostrich? Is your response, you know what, I'm fine, I'm good, let's move on. I don't want to talk about this. But perhaps your response is, you know what, I'm working on it. Or maybe even, I'm not doing that well at all. But you see, for many of us, and I was one like this when we were first married, our desire is to just move on. We think that it's actually better that the quicker we move on, that the more we have, that more quickly we have dealt with something. And some of us even think that, you know, what if I just move on, it's even more spiritual. And it might actually feel like that at first, but can I tell you this morning that when you realize that we have we may have actually physically moved forward, but when we don't deal with the sin, the hurts, the offense, the attitudes, all we have done is buried them under the carpet and pretended that they're not there. And you know what happens is eventually that carpet, you're gonna be walking along and you're gonna trip over that lump in the carpet that you can't see. And you're gonna be so shocked. Why did that thing take me out? Well, you know what, it wasn't that thing. It was all the other things that you just kept putting under the carpet and it was getting bigger and it was getting bigger and bigger because you were just moving on. They become a foothold for the enemy. You give him permission to operate in your life. And like I said, it comes out when you least expect it. Haggai was trying to teach the people that they needed to deal with the stuff that was offensive to God. But as we draw near to God, he will help us to live a life of repentance. In John 1, 9, 1 John 1, 1.9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, or he will help us to live a life of repentance. No, I'm wrong line, sorry. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, only possible with Jesus. Forgiveness is available, cleansing is available, but notice the big if at the start of the verse. If we confess, if we repent as we turn, This is an active participation verse. We have to actually activate ourselves. And then if we will do those things, Jesus rushes in. He is so good and so loving and so kind. He is not the great condemner. He is our great savior. He is not the shamer. He is the saver. He does not resent us. He actually resurrects us. We all need to be leaning into a lifestyle, an active lifestyle of repentance and repentance. Not just a moment of salvation at the cross, which is so important, but each and every day. It could be why the Lord's prayer is in the Bible, teaching us that, how about starting your devotions like this every morning? God, thank you for today. Father, is there any wickedness? Is there any sin in me? Is there anything yesterday that I did or I thought or I walked in that wasn't pleasing to you? Search my heart, oh God. And you see, we see a similar theme in the book of uh, Hebrews in the New Testament, encouraging us to deal with sin and disobedience and get back on track because no matter how long you've gone in the wrong direction, you can always turn around as long as you're not too proud to recognize that you're going in the wrong direction. Hebrews 12, verses one to two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, here's that word again, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, and the perfecter of our faith. Okay, here it is. Are you a coyote or are you an ostrich? Because you see a coyote, when they've been caught in a trap, they have been known to actually, the, the cost of freedom and getting out of that trap is so vital to them they have actually been known to chew off one of their limbs. I'm sorry to be graphic this morning, but they're willing to chew it off because the sacrifice of freedom is more important than staying stuck in the trap. Jesus illustrates this example in Matthew 5:30. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. Okay, it's an extreme point And I have a bandage on my hand. It's not because I was practicing this out and wanted a sermon illustration. I had a procedure done on my hand. I know you were thinking, right? But he's actually, he's being extreme to making a point. And I'm... I, it's, this is, it's not, um, like you said, we're not literally trying, talking about cutting off limbs and, and being graphic, but we have to be so aggressive like that coyote. We need to aggressively go after the things, the sin in our life that's causing us to stumble. Or perhaps you're more like the proverbial ostrich. They are ignoring the signs, they're missing the warnings, they're not facing reality, and their answer is to put their head in the sand and pretend like it's not even there. And I get it, I don't wanna minimize that at times life can be overwhelming and you will want to hide. You will want to put your head in the sand. But can I encourage you this morning that even if you're in the midst of something that's overwhelming you right now, that when you turn your eyes to Jesus and you reorient your life on Jesus and you allow him to speak to you, just pick the one thing. Just take one step. Just take one step. Don't bury your head in the sand and pretend that, cause that ostrich is vulnerable to get taken out because they're not gonna see the attack coming. I remember one of our girls went through this really creative stage. It had an interesting way of working itself out though. I remember one time I came into her bedroom and she had written in permanent black ink in her closet in multiple places, like all over. And when I confronted her, she straight up looked me in the face and was like, what are you talking about? I didn't do that, it wasn't me. And parents, I'm going to give you another real handy clue. My mother-in-law taught me this. And it has nothing to do with your tongue. But we would go to our girls when we, we figured they were lying about something, and we'd say, stick out your tongue, let me see your tongue. And they would go. And so we knew they were lying, and they gave themselves away. This daughter, oh, no. She straight up would look me in the eye. Wasn't me. But what she didn't she failed to recognize was that she had black ink on her hands and she'd written her own name in her closet. (laughs) She'd outed herself without even trying. Then the creativity became hair cutting. But she learned because she cut her own hair and she actually cut it like right down to the scalp a few times so we knew who it was. But then she's starting to get a little bit wiser. She's a little bit older so she starts cutting her sister's hair. And... She takes the hair and hides it under the mattress, hoping that we won't notice. And once again, we had to deal with lying because once again, mom, what are you talking about? It was not me. She could pretend all she wanted that things were fine. She could hide the evidence. She could refuse to acknowledge what was going on. She could put her hair in this head in the sand. La, 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 I don't hear you. But eventually it all came out and it came to the light. And we had to have a conversation again about lying. But you see, the longer we ignore sin in our life and pretend it's not there, it's actually just the deeper it is going and the more it is affecting and infecting our lives. From a foothold, to a stronghold, to a stranglehold. We need to deal with the things that might be dealing or defiling us, complacency, Bitterness, unforgiveness, offense, secret sins. The sins done by us, the sins done to to us. It's time family to deal with it all. Like Jesus said, let's aggressively deal with the sin and the hurts. Let's throw them off. I would rather run the race as a three-legged coyote and still make it to the end than an ostrich that just buries my head in the sand pretending that everything's okay. There's so many things in this verse in Hebrews to consider. But the main thing is that the writer of Hebrews is reminding us that your this day moment starts with Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus as we're running our race because he is the only one who has started and successfully completed this race that we're on. Let's study how he did it we're more likely to see and we're more likely to hear his gentle prodding of, hey Shanda, you might wanna look at this. Hey Shanda, have you dealt with this? Hey Shanda, it's time to deal with this again. But we're more likely to hear if we're keeping our eyes fixed on him. So let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that holds us back. But you know, the other thing in this verse is that it talks about the sin, but it also talks about every weight, which are merely hindrances. So it's not always things or choices that we've done, things, it's not always a choice between right and wrong or thing, things that, are, that we've done that are sinful, but it could also be things that are just hindering us. It says, is there a weight in your life that you need to lay aside? What's easier, running a race, just in your track suit or running a race in a track suit with a backpack with a hundred pounds of stuff that you haven't dealt with? Which one do you think you're gonna be more successful actually getting to the end of your race? And you might start out with a backpack with a hundred pounds of stuff in it, but just, just think about it. As you start going, okay, Lord, you're highlighting this. I'm gonna deal with this, out goes a rock. Okay, Lord, we're, we're gonna run for a little bit. You know what? You're highlighting something else out goes another rock. And eventually you get some momentum and you get to see some, some, uh, you're, that you're actually moving forward. And the word here in this passage of scripture that talks about easily ensnaring can actually be translated um, four different ways. So easily ensnares means easily avoided, admired, ensnaring, or dangerous. But regardless, God is saying we need to lay them all aside. Some sins can be easily avoided, laid aside. And maybe what might cause me to sin or stumble is gonna be different from what causes you to sin or stumble, so it's all in the perspective, but it might be easier, so let's just lay it aside. Some sins are admired, like workaholism. We celebrate that at times, but if it's a sin, we need to lay it aside. Some sins are ensnaring, they're especially harmful but it's never too late to turn around and go the other direction and lay it aside. Some sins are more dangerous than others, but we can lay them aside. Family, what is hindering you this morning from running your race effectively for God? What is hindering each and every one of us this morning from running the race effectively? Do you see patterns in your life and you have no idea why that's your default? Do you wonder at times why you struggle with anger? Or maybe you struggle with anxiety? Do you have any idea where that fear came in? You've always felt afraid. Sexual impurity, overeating, overreacting. Where did some of these things come in? Doesn't matter where they came in, but let's aggressively deal with them as soon as they come to our attention. Let's throw them off and not let them defile us any longer. Today can be your this day. And you know, as I was talking about those things, if there's things that come to your mind and you're not sure where they came in, that's why we run a Set Free Retreat. Family, we have another one coming this weekend. If you have never been, take your phone out right now. I'm not gonna worry, your check checking fantasy. Take your phone out, sign up for set free. I cannot recommend it enough. It's a weekend that you set aside, Friday night, all day Saturday, to aggressively deal with the things that hinder our lives. Go to Horizon FAM, sign up, register. it closes tomorrow, don't hesitate, get on there, get yourself signed up because, and if it's been more than two years, do it again. We can be like God's people in Haggai and spend more time doing our own thing and seeing no fruitfulness, as Pastor Craig talked about last week, or we can have a this day moment and get back on track by repenting and turning back to God. No matter how long you've gone in the wrong direction, you can always turn around if you don't let pride stop you. It's one of the biggest things that will hold us back. And you know what, the more often you do it, the more often you stop, turn around, the easier it becomes, and the easier it becomes the more quickly you recognize when you're like, oh, nope, this is gonna open a door that I don't wanna open and you turn around more quickly. Grace cannot be earned. It is something that is freely given and we can count on God's grace and the bridge that he built in our relationship with him. From the foundations of the Old Testament, we know that grace is a huge part of God's character. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says it this way. In each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Family, don't wait or hesitate. In our brokenness, in our weakness, when we least feel like we deserve it, we have the greatest access to it. So this day, as we repent and turn back to God, His grace is there ready for us. Family, can you stand with me as we get ready to close? I really believe this morning that Jesus is here with a fresh start for some of us. He is our new way. He is the wind at our back. He is the strength against all opposition He never leaves us, He never ever forsakes us. He is all the things that we need Him to be. So what's stopping you? What's stopping you from repenting and aggressively going after the things that would hinder? He is here this morning for that right now moment. If you can close your eyes, I just wanna take a moment and give privacy to those that are around. I just felt like there was gonna be some here this morning and I want us just to take a moment and quiet ourselves and ask the Lord this question, Father God, is there something, some sin, some hindrance in my life that's keeping me from seeing fruitfulness as you desire? Just take a moment and ask the Lord that. And if you feel like God highlights something, I wanna encourage you to this week aggressively go after it. Sign up for Set Free, make an appointment to talk with your pastor, your parents, somebody, but aggressively deal with it. With all your eyes closed this morning, if you're here and you're like, Chanda, I need a this day moment right now. I know that there's some things that God's putting his finger on and I need to Have that this day moment. Can you just put your hand up? I just want to pray for you this morning. Yeah, thank you. Father, I thank you for each and every individual in this room. I thank you for those that are joining us online this morning. Lord, I just thank you for every hand that was raised. Father, that this moment, that there would be a hope that would spring alive in their spirits. Father, that each and every one of us would have our eyes open this morning to see whatever it is, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, whether it's a foothold, a stronghold or a stranglehold, whatever has been hindering us from walking in complete fruitfulness. Lord, that this morning your deliverance would come. Father, as we repent, as we, and all that means is saying, God, I am sorry, forgive me. As we repent from those things that have blocked the fruitfulness in our life as we reorient ourselves around you this morning father i thank you that individuals are walking in freedom that hope is coming alive that the sin and the pain of generations is being cut that the the things that have held individuals back for far too long that the things that they thought man i thought i had victory over this i've I've gone after it so many times, but Lord, whatever that hand represents this morning, I thank you that the freedom of heaven comes, that as they repent and they confess that the blood of Jesus washes it away, that it is no longer seen, it is no longer known. And Father, in the place of that sin and that disobedience, Lord, I thank you that you bring healing, you bring freedom, you bring restoration, you bring life. And as we throw off the weight that so easily entangles us, Lord, this morning, we would walk with a confidence. Let that hope arise. Let hope begin to come alive in our spirits this morning, that it's not too late to begin to walk more fully into all that you would have for us, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for that this day moment for each and every one of us. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.